People of God, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's a joy to welcome you to worship at Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a longtime member or visiting with us for the first time, whether you are here in our sanctuary or worshiping with us from home, we welcome you. It is a delight to be surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses as we worship today. If you are in our sanctuary, there's a red folder in your pew, and we invite you to take that and note your presence with us. Pass it to your neighbor so they can do the same. As I go over just a few announcements, the first being that in case you weren't aware, next Sunday begins our journey into Advent. The first Sunday of Advent is next Sunday. And thanks to our Congregational Ministry Committee, we have an Advent bag for each family unit in our church. An Advent starter kit, if you will, for your own reflection and devotion at home. These bags are out in our communication center, which is the hallway right outside the sanctuary. I want you to note there are two different kinds of bags. They are across the hall from each other out there. We have a certain number of bags that have been specifically made for families with young children, and they have a sticker or a note on there that says, for young families. And so if you grabbed the wrong one, you can trade them out on your way, on your way out today, but we hope you will take one as we seek to welcome our Savior together and enter into the reflective and wonderful season of Advent together. It is with absolutely deep sadness, but with a sure and certain hope in the resurrection to eternal life, that I inform you of the death of Ted Fletcher. Ted died this past Monday after spending a remarkable weekend surrounded by family who had flown in from all over the country. Ted has been a dear member of this church. For many, many years, arrangements have yet to be made for a service, but we will keep you informed as those come together. And so please keep his wife Evelyn and their entire family in your prayers as we mourn the loss of our dear Ted. As we are reminded of death and loss, we also know joy in the gift of new life. Many of you will remember our seminary intern from a couple years ago, Brian Ballard. Brian and his wife Amy welcomed a baby girl on Friday afternoon. Florence Elizabeth is her name, and both Florence and Amy are doing very well, and so we celebrate alongside them and joyfully welcome Florence along with them. Friends, God is here. God is always here, going before us, moving within us, coming behind us, and always dwelling where the people of God gather to worship. And so today, let us sing, let us give thanks on this joyful, joyful day. Let us worship God together. Please stand as you are able and join us in our responsive call to worship. Grace and peace to you from the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. This is our God, the one who loves us and who gave himself for us. The one who gathers us together in wonder and in praise. Let us worship God together. Please continue to stand and join us singing hymn number one, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty.
beloved church, our God is holy, our God is glorious, and our God is merciful. From the beginning of time to the end, God calls us to be closer to our Alpha and Omega. Our God calls us and invites us to admit our faults and take a step on the journey of faith. So let us take time now to confess our sins using the prayer of confession as it is printed in your bulletin, followed by a time for silent confession. Glorious and gracious God, you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The entire universe is yours, yet we confess we often do not believe in your final victory over sin and death. We fail to trust in your promise to reveal your new heaven and earth and to restore your creation at the end of time. In our pride, we focus on our abilities. In our faithlessness, we focus on our struggles. In our self-centeredness, we focus on our failures. Forgive us and free us from our sin, O Lord. Remind us of your glory and help us to find freedom in your majesty alone. At the beginning, at the end, and every time in between. The good news speaks to us of God's tender mercy and love for us. God comes not to punish, but to give us peace. Not to judge, but to save us. Together, let us rejoice and proclaim the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. As forgiven people, let us share the peace of Christ with one another using American Sign Language as we have been doing for some time. The peace of Christ be with you and also with you. Let us share one another the peace of Christ. Peace be with you. <laughs> Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us this day. Melt us and mold us to be your faithful people. Fill us and use us for service in your kingdom. Open our hearts to receive your word for us this day. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Amen. Our Old Testament scripture comes from the Psalms. Please join me in the responsive reading of Psalm 93 as it is found in your bulletin. Together, let us listen for the word of God. The Lord is king. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He is girded with strength. He has established the world. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. More majestic than the thunders of mighty waters, more majestic than the waves of the sea, 
Majestic on high is the Lord. Your decrees are very sure. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. This is the word of the Lord.
young friends forward for a time for young disciples. Hello, Tucker. Here, why don't you go ahead and sit on the floor? Yeah, you can sit there. Hello, good morning. Come on up, come on up. Go ahead, sit right there. Hello. Is that Rory coming up? Hello? Right. Good morning. Come on, have a seat. You can have a seat right there. Does that sound good? Yeah. Have a seat next to your sister, maybe? I can sit down here. Good morning, everyone. Hello. Hello, Rafaela. Hello. Hi, Rory. Well, it's so great to see you, young friends. I'm so happy to see you. And Happy New Year. Oh, wait, what? Is it, is it not New Year's Eve? Tucker finds that funny. It, it's not New Year's Eve? Oh, I must have gotten confused. Next week is actually Thanksgiving. Oh, it's Thanksgiving next week. Well, actually, today in the church is the last year for, it's the last day of the year for Christians. We have, as, um, as Christians, we have a different church calendar than what you use at home or what you use at school. Our church calendar is similar. It has different seasons, but it's, it's different in that there's different times throughout the year. So I brought something that might be able to help us understand what time it is. Let's see what's in my bag. Do you see what this is? You see what this is? I have one here. I have one here. They're stoles. They're stoles that Pastor... Yeah, they're like the things that you're wearing around your neck right now. That's right, the things that Pastor Rachel and I wear around our neck. And these colors match the colors that we put around our church. You can see there's white back there. I'm wearing white today. There's white up there at the pulpit in the lectern. And so the colors tell us what season it is. We wear white on special holidays. Today is Christ the King Sunday. We wear white on Christmas and Easter. We wear red on Pentecost, the day when the Holy Spirit came to the disciples. We wear purple in seasons where we're waiting, in Lent, when we're getting ready for Easter, and in Advent, when we're getting ready for Christmas. I'll be wearing this next week. And then we also wear green on seasons where it's ordinary time, everything else throughout the year. So just like when you turn the pages in your calendar at home or at school, and there's different seasons and months, there's different seasons in the church calendar as well. So that's why I got confused. So thank you for your patience, all right? So next week and in the future, you can always see what time it is throughout the year by looking at the colors in the church, okay? You think we could do that? Good, thank you. All right, let us pray. Repeat after me. God, we thank you for your time and seasons. And we pray that you help us live in your time with grace and love. Amen. Okay, now you can head back to music with Mr. Carpenter. Very well, slowly, very good. Or you can head back to the pews. Thank you. Friends, our New Testament reading today comes from the book of Revelation, the first chapter beginning with the fourth verse. Listen for the word of God. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. 
to him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom priest serving his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And on his account, all the tribes of the earth will wail, so it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Friends, the grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of the Lord will stand forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, Alex has kind of already given us a preview for this, but typically at the end of the year, when a new year is approaching, I find that our attention is often drawn toward two things. One of them is gratitude. It could go either way, either gratitude for the year gone by or gratitude that, thanks be to God, it's ending. And often we turn to resolve or resolution to do things differently in the year ahead. And I know, as Alex mentioned, you may not be prepared yet with your New Year's resolutions, but as it turns out, the new church year... This new liturgical season starts next Sunday with the beginning of Advent. Every year, every year on the first Sunday of Advent, the church turns the calendar into the next year to begin again. And I've never really thought about the new church year as a time for resolutions, to be fully transparent, much for resolutions to begin with, because I don't think our efforts to become something or someone new need to be limited to one time each year. And they certainly aren't limited to a new year in God's time. After all, we are reminded that God is always at work among us doing a new thing. But for some reason, I, I have been especially struck by this moment in our church calendar this year. And I think part of it is because my attention, as I mentioned already, is turning to two things, gratitude and resolve. And I will confess that depending on the day or the hour at times, my gratitude is both gratitude for the year gone by and gratitude that, thanks be to God, it's almost over. But the resolve within me is, is still stirring, still unresolved, to be honest, still seeking to find a place to rest, but I know something is at work. And I couldn't help but wonder, in the, the, this last week of the church year, in these last days, what is God up to within me, within you, within us? What is God up to as we enter into this new church year? And as I pondered such questions, I found myself turning again and again to these words from Revelation that I just read. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the one who is and who was and who is to come. Because in addition to being the last Sunday of the church year, today is also Christ the King Sunday or Reign of Christ Sunday, a time when at the conclusion of the Christian year, the church gives thanks and praise for the sovereignty of Christ. Christ, the one who is Lord of all creation, the one who is coming again in glory to reign. And I will confess that I grew up in the church. I consider myself a child of the church, and yet Christ the King Sunday didn't exactly stand out with any major significance in my life. I remember hearing about it, I remember the colors changing in the pyramids in the church, but I never really understood its significance. So in case that history resembles anything like yours, let, pre, 
Allow me to provide a brief history lesson here. This Christ the King Sunday was really a festival. It was actually established in 1925 by decree of Pope Pius XI in response to growing secularism and nationalism that was swarming all around. This festival, this Sunday, marks the end, as Alex mentioned, of ordinary time in the church year and moves us to the threshold of Advent, the season of hope for Christ coming again at the end of time. Christ the King Sunday centers on the crucified and risen Christ whom God exalted to rule over the whole universe. Within this celebration of Christ's Lordship, we look back at the Ascension, at Easter, at Transfiguration, and we point ahead toward Christ's return, when Christ will appear in glory. You might remember this tension held every time we celebrate communion. In our liturgy, we eat this bread and drink this cup to proclaim the saving death of our risen Lord until he comes again. On this festival day, we are reminded that as the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, Christ is the center of the universe. The ruler of all history, the judge of all people, in Christ all things began, in Christ all things will be fulfilled. In the end, Christ will triumph over all forces of evil. And because Christ reigns, because Christ is sovereign over all, Christ calls us to a loyalty that transcends every earthly claim on the human heart. As our Book of Common Worship puts it, to Christ alone belongs the supreme allegiance in our lives. Christ calls us to stand with those who in every age confessed Jesus Christ is Lord in every generation. Demagogues emerge to claim an allegiance that belongs only to God. But Christ alone has the right to claim our highest loyalty. Christ alone has the right to claim our highest loyalty. I'm going to say it once more. Christ alone has the right to claim our highest loyalty. And that is the truth we both cling to and the truth that we celebrate on Christ the King Sunday. In our text today, we see this truth, this gift on full display, the Lordship of Christ being placed front and center as we are reminded of what Christ has done and also the promise of what Christ will do when he comes again. And thus, in turn, we are called to kneel before the only one who has the right to claim our highest loyalty. The promise being that at the end of time when Christ returns, all of earth will kneel before the only one who has the right to claim our highest loyalty. Pope Pius XI recognized the growing secularism and nationalism in his time, and this was back in 1925, and he sought to put Christ back in the center of it all. Similarly, in the time when our text in Revelation was written by John of Patmos, there was much that was vying for the loyalty and the attention of God's people. The Christian community was under constant imperial threat, and John is writing to churches that are troubled. Churches whose loyalties are split in pieces. Churches that are experiencing distress, enduring violence and persecution, wondering how they can possibly go on, possibly stand by this Christ and Lord when everything else is calling for their loyalty more. And in this Revelation text, 
As Jane Fahey puts it, John writes to assure the people that no matter what is going on, no matter what you are encountering, that with the Lord God alone, there is always more. There is always more transformation to come than the earth has yet seen or that the earth could even imagine. There is always more power and authority than what earthly rulers can claim. There is always more dignity for God's people than any person on earth could recognize. And so this liturgy of praise in our Revelation text, it is to the Lord God, but at the same time it is a withholding of praise from lesser lords. A withholding from lesser lords or lesser powers, all of which are vying for the allegiance of our hearts and our lives. Sound familiar? Because it would be easy to think, and we do this with Scripture a lot, it would be in John's time where this was an issue. Or, okay, maybe the church of Pope Pius' time in need of such reminders. And yet how easy it is to recognize ourselves as those whose hearts and lives are being pulled in a thousand directions. Hearts and lives being fought over for allegiance need of the reminder that Christ alone, Christ, Christ alone has the right to claim our highest loyalty. Because we so easily give, we don't even realize that we're doing it sometimes, we so easily give our hearts, our minds, our loyalties, our wallets to political parties and Black Friday deals, to addictions that will never satisfy, self-help strategies that leave us yearning for more. We so easily cling to idolatry of traditions instead of the call to be disciples. We watch the news every day and say, oh, isn't that awful? Without ever questioning if our own hearts and minds have contributed to a broken world and to broken systems where racism prevails, where children go hungry, where children of God are told by the world or by the church that they are unworthy of the love of God who reigns supreme. Thank the Lord Christ reigns supreme, but on a day like today, when we celebrate that truth perhaps more than any other time, we are also called to ask ourselves in response, in worshipful response, the very hardest questions. How are we complicit? How are we complicit in a world that does not recognize Christ's reign over all? How are our own hearts compromised? What, what demagogues have emerged in our own lives that we cling to for dear life because, because they give us privilege or they give us power or they give us things that our hearts desire? Like Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the church is called to witness to the lordship of Christ by its opposition to all earthly powers that seek to usurp the place of God. You will be my witnesses, Christ proclaimed, you will be my witnesses, you will be my witnesses, but I ask you, what does it mean to be that faithful witness in our world today? What does it mean to be a faithful witness when so much in the world seems to be crumbling before us, when, when God's creation is at stake? What does it mean to be a faithful witness in a time of growing disparities of wealth and income? What does it mean to be a faithful witness when worldly politics will keep families from gathering around tables together later this week? 
What does it look like to be a faithful witness? In his book, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis offers a wonderful image of this challenging life we are called to as Christians. Imagine yourself as a living house, Lewis writes. Well, God comes in to rebuild that house. And at first, at first perhaps you can understand what God is doing. God's getting the drains right, stopping the leaks in the roof, and so on. You knew those jobs needed to be done. They're no surprise. But presently, God starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make any sense. What on earth is God up to? And the explanation is that God is building quite a different house from the one you thought of. Throwing out the new wing you had planned here, putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were being made into a decent little cottage. But God is building a palace. And God intends to come and live in that palace forever. If we are going to be a home, hearts and minds in which Christ truly dwells, if we are going to be this faithful witness a people and a church that enters into a new church year with gratitude and resolve. May it be gratitude for all that Christ has yet to do within us and among us. May it be gratitude that Christ loves us too much to leave us as we are. And may it be a resolve, a resolution to do the incredibly hard work to untangle ourselves more and more from all in this world that would call for our allegiance. May we be a people who ask and are willing to ask the very hardest questions of ourselves. May we be a people who open the doors of our hearts to the Lord and say, Come on in, Lord Christ. I know I'm not going to like it. I know it's not going to feel good, but break down walls and doors that I didn't think I could live without. Move within my heart. Install in this house lights of compassion and mercy. Install pipes through which waters of justice might flow. Melt me and mold me for your purposes alone. Build this life and my heart as your home. O oh Lord God, as the new year turns, may it be so. And may I be willing. In the name of the one who was and is and who is to come. Amen. As we seek to be a home for God's love, a vessel that recognizes Jesus Christ as the highest loyalty in our lives. Let us stand and join our voices together, singing hymn number 108 of the Father's Love Begotten. Let us stand and join our voices together, singing the hymn.
please join me as we affirm our faith through the words in your bulletin from a brief statement of faith. As we seek to follow Christ in this world, let us state what we believe. We trust in Jesus Christ, fully human, fully God. Jesus proclaimed the reign of God, preaching good news to the poor and release to the captives, teaching by word and deed and blessing the children, healing the sick and binding up the brokenhearted, eating with outcasts, forgiving sinners, and calling all to repent and believe the gospel. Unjustly condemned for blasphemy and sedition, Jesus was crucified, suffering the depths of human pain and giving his life for the sins of the world. God raised this Jesus from the dead, vindicating his sinless life, breaking the power of sin and evil, delivering us from death to life eternal. With believers in every time and place, we rejoice that nothing in life or in death can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Beloved Church, we turn now to a time for prayer. We come to God who, as who we are, with all that we bring, both joys and concerns, and in stillness, let us offer up ourselves to God. Let us pray. Lord God, Father and Mother, Creator of the world and all that is in it, we turn ourselves to you in your direction, and we wonder at just who you are. You are the God who was, where we can see you in the joyful moments of our memories and in the gratitude of learning from our past. You are the God who is, where we can taste and feel you in the stuff of now, Friends gathering, prayers answered, the color of a late November fall. And you are the God who is to come, the hope that we yearn for in the future, the beacon of light that steers our direction, the goodness and love that can only be, be fulfilled in your time, but breaks free into the realm of our time. We hear your servants call, O God, to witness the ways you reign in the past, present, and future. And we give you abundant thanks for the many ways you amplify the good in our lives and beckon us to even greater life. Lord Christ, the one who leads our great cloud of witnesses, hear the prayers and petitions of your saints this day. Our internal voices call out for healing, for pains and knees, for the wear on our hearts, for atrophy of muscles. Extend your healing hand, O God, and be our strength. Christ, who reigns with goodness and mercy, help us as we traverse the unique obstacles we face, the blessings and challenges of aging, the health and safety of children, navigating our fears and insecurities. Lord, who is the Most High, ruler of leaders around the globe, in a world that seems so far away from your ideal, hear our grief at the reality of injustice and give us some semblance of hope to hold on to so that we may run the race of righteousness with you. 
Spirit of the living God, it is your voice that echoes in our bones as you lift our heads towards the horizon and bellow out, look. As we wait for what is coming, help us to prepare in the present and relish you in our moments. As we lose the faith, help us to find again our hope in you. And may we always be a home for your love. May we always be turned to you, our Alpha and Omega, our Christ, who alone has the right to claim our highest loyalty. The beginning and the end, that we may be a part of your grand story of love and peace for our world. We pray all these things in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Beloved Church, we give all of who we are to God in prayer and also in reflection and in action. Let us participate in the hope of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us take time to reflect on how we can offer ourselves in who we are and what we have as we give our morning offering.
God, our Alpha and Omega, our beginning and end. Bless our offerings that they may be a catalyst of your love and an act of your grace as we open your hands, our hands to the work of your Spirit in the world. Amen. As you are able, please remain standing and join together in singing hymn number 366, Love Divine, All Loves Excelling. Thanks. friends, may we get lost in wonder, love, and praise as we open our hearts, our minds, our lives to the one who was, who is, and who is to come. 
As we go out from this place, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, may it be with you. May it be with those you love. May it be with those you are called to love this day and forevermore. And together we say, Amen. Amen.